action and welcome everybody it is bmp weekly episode 162 i guess yes it is thank you for confirming that in the subject title of the meeting well like so <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> It is 19th of April uh, and we are actually recording this in the morning whenever we are publishing this. So this is going to be a really fast turnaround for getting it live. So because of the Easter holiday break, so typically we record on Monday and push it out on Tuesday. But now it's like Monday, but Tuesday. It's weird. It is hot of the press. Yes, yes. Now, this time we have a, a visitor, Victor Villain, uh, who's a long, 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 long time MVP who joined Microsoft on May 2021 and then joined on a new role uh, pretty recently um, on and focusing on the user profile capabilities across the Microsoft 365. And that's actually really, People really experiences cool. as they People, say, right? Say, so it's yeah, more than exactly. that. It's yes. more than that. Driven so. by user profile, but yes, yes. It's all about people. Yes. But that's a really cool discussion, which we already recorded. Uh, so let's actually jump on that discussion and then talk about the articles um, after the interview. So let's jump in there. <laughs> Good, so let's actually get started. So welcome, Victor Villain, uh, from Sweden. Um, is it Stockholm, actually? It is. Yes, it's Stockholm. It's Stockholm. So it's not a suburb of a rounding areas of Stockholm. It is actually yeah, Stockholm. Everything is Stockholm here in Sweden. <laughs> yeah, the same thing. Everything in the Netherlands is Amsterdam. <laughs> yes. Can you name another city in in Sweden? So that's a good quiz. So. Well, like Oslo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> but welcome, Victor, uh, to the show. You've been actually in the show um, before as well. I can't remember which episode it is. This way, is how what way, way back. So way. this is how much we did do research before we start recording. See, <laughs> so but can you do a quick intro to who you are and what do you do nowadays? Because situation yes. has actually changed. So absolutely. So yes, I work for Microsoft now. Have done that since May last year. But a couple of months ago, I moved into a new role within uh, Microsoft as a principal PM in our Microsoft People Services organization. So I'm helping out, uh, essentially I'm working in our, uh, not research team, but sort of strategic team to think about the people experiences on the in the Microsoft ecosystem going forward. So this goes everything from uh, your people profile properties, pictures and those kind of things into the experiences, relationships and contacts, et cetera, that you have across M365 and Microsoft accounts as well. Uh, is that then, Immediately jumping on things. Let's not actually do that. So you first said you, you turned Microsoft May 2021. 21, yes. So yes. less than a year, you're now in a different role. Is that a typical thing in Microsoft for anybody yeah. who's <laughs> like, I can't answer that, but, but the, the, uh, this was an opportunity I couldn't miss. Uh, yeah. I moved, moved into our consulting or, uh, organization first uh, to help out that with the strategic uh, uh, modern workplace story, uh, and which was natural based on my background being a consultant yeah. now for essentially in my whole work life. So this is the first time I'm not doing that uh, yep. work anymore. So being in more engineering driven and, and working with uh, services and features, etc., cetera, uh, which is very different. It's a very different experience for me. So it's a learning curve, right? Uh, after being those kind of more transactional kind of thing uh, with customers. Yep. Uh, but yes, I've been in more strategic roles the last few years, mm -hmm. but anyways, right? It's not that customer involvement directly anymore, even though one of my tasks is to actually talk to customers and listen to customers and partners, et cetera, to see how we can make that profile experience great. Yeah, because you know how to do that, because again, that 
does actually require some level of skills and understanding how the ecosystem actually works rather than completely unknown person having a discussion with with other people necessarily yeah, I mean, well it absolutely. might work but again so absolutely i think that's, that's a good <laughs> idea you, <laughs> we see Sorry. some external folks coming into microsoft and i think that's really really good actually and yes. all them all within quotes mvps and regional directors etc and I think that brings a different perspective on how to think, uh, and and I think that mix and match with the old timers like you, Vesa, <laughs> being in, in Microsoft <laughs> furniture. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still an ex-consultant. Come on, still a recovering yeah, ex consultant. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but I think that I don't think that never really goes away. By the way, yeah. <laughs> so so anybody who's been in consulting uh, for a more than a decade, which I have a background, you have a background there, while well, that has a background there, I don't think that mental mindset goes away because it, it's all about. Uh, serving customers and serving the people and helping and all the time kind of hearing things and catching up on things. It's it's mm. a bit different than if you um, come from a different background from university joining Microsoft and you haven't had that customer or the field experience. It's it's a bit of a different thing, right? Silence. Absolutely okay. agree. I have to mute there. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think I think it's also an interesting thing because there are. There are, there, are, there are many ways to learn it. And, and you also see that being a cultural thing, like for example, the US is very service oriented. So you could even say that, well, maybe you don't have the workplace experience, but you might have the experience from jobs you might have had, yep. right? Because the whole economy yep. is different there. So I think that there are multiple ways to get to the point, but it is an, an, an important point to make that ID is people business. You need, like at the end of the day, whatever we do, we do for our customers. So by extension, we need to get out there, talk to them and understand what they need and factor that, that in, in whatever we do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent agree. And I think we're all in the people business and that has changed and will change much more because we are more global. Uh, sort of audience we're reaching much more global audience we need to take all those kind of aspects into in, uh, sort of into consideration it's not just microsoft is no longer just a seattle or us-based company it, yeah, yeah it takes the whole world into account to this and and with diversity and also what we see the trends on on the internet where you put the user in control of, of more things uh, I'm, I'm trying to avoid web 3.0 and all those kind of things but <laughs> still that's how everything is moving, right? The US and, and end user are in control and we need to respect that and we need to make tools that, that fits everyone, essentially. Yeah, rather than yeah. dictating, it's it's actually letting the user to make the decisions and, and then serving the, and providing the best possible services so that they will use actually your stuff. So, because yeah. again, if, there's so many providers on different services that any any given time you can flip between whatever the audiobook services between 20 of them but mm. it's 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 a different ball game because there's so much competition absolutely um, maybe um, and maybe to the point maybe that also a part of and that might be topic topic uh closer to your heart as well based on your your or your past role, role role and experience but a bigger trend uh, changing within the workplace, right? That in the past we used to very much follow the the marching orders we got. Whereas nowadays, you hear more and more about autonomy. Like, so what changes have you seen there over the last few years? And yeah, absolutely, 100% agree on on that as well. And you just hold had that phone up there, and if we take a look at how the consumers work, they they move to the the next coolest thing all the time, right? I don't know the the average time lifespan of a consumer app, but it's quite short, I think. 
they, in the attention span there. It has something new, then someone improves on that. And that's how we as Microsoft need to do with our products as well. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I'm surprised that take a look at SharePoint, for instance, how long has that product actually survived? But sure. because it actually reinvented itself, it had some stale moments when it transitioned to the cloud because everything ha has had to be redone. But take a look at the different apps now being created, such as we have all the Viva Suites. Of course, we have the Lists app that is, is an, that's SharePoint list, right? But as a dedicated yep. app now with even more focus, et cetera. Yep. So we will see more of these kind of um, smaller apps within the M365 or Microsoft ecosystem will pop up that fits each individual. So, and yes, I'm, I'm probably being one of those previously that com complained within quotes uh, on us having different way of managing tasks. We have to do, we have Planner, we have Azure DevOps, we have loop components now and all those, we have one now we can keep it. Yeah, but we can't dictate that everyone should use to do. Right, sure. because sure. in some say, uh, and I use all of them. I would say, uh, uh, depending on the context and who I'm working with, etc. So I think we we need to be prepared for that. And and the the difficulty for us is to make sure that it's uh, discoverability of these kind of things works. Yep. Uh, that there are some synchronization planner to do Outlook. We do have that synchronization in the backend, for instance. Yes, we could improve on the OneNote task sync. Uh, we could improve on other things, APIs for third-party integration, etc. But that's our responsibility to, to make sure that it's one experience for the end users. But we shouldn't dictate how the end users should use these kind of tools. Yeah, and, and then behind of the scenes. So sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Related on that one. So so having the one service behind of the scenes is it, Azure AD is a really good example of it, yeah. which which quite often we don't think about. But that's where the identity authorization, authentication, everything just magically happens from an end user perspective. You sign into your computer, like in my case, I use Windows Hello, blah, blah, and I'm in, and everything just magically works. And I don't know. What was that, blah, blah? Blah, blah. That's a, a good sound, <laughs> blah, blah. Um, <laughs> blah, blah. Now, um, <laughs> but, but it, it's, it's the baseline kind of, a, it's a good example of a baseline service, which we no longer even think that it exists because it's a baseline. It, it just, you don't have to sign in uh, or remember passwords and accounts and, uh, and, and details to to do and planner and Outlook and Teams and all of that stuff, because that would be just insane. But then that relates on actually what you do right now. So kind of a thinking on the same mental mindset doesn't, it, it's almost like, why do I have a profile editing capabilities in Outlook? Why do I have a different picture in Exchange? Well, that's same as Outlook, and in Teams or in SharePoint. Why? Why? How would I unify this? Uh, so, can it? Can it? Unless, can I talk about a bit of um, what are you doing? Share as much as possible, for yes, sure. Exactly. So, what yes. you can share at this yeah, point. So. Exactly. And I think you hit the nail on one thing: the use of profile picture. Uh, and and for those who've been working with uh, M365 or uh, the cloud version of, of SharePoint, etc., probably seen this. And you remember in the beginning, yep, you uploaded your picture in, in SharePoint and then in Exchange, they didn't sync. And there are some occasions still where you might see a three-year-old picture of you uh, because there is, there is some weird syncing thing going on. But those are the things we are trying to uh, figure out in the MPS uh, team and with our engineers. And also, I would say this is a big collaboration across all services in, in Microsoft. So it's not just SharePoint or, or Exchange, etc. It's actually across Windows. When showing you have the, when you sign into your Windows machine, you have your picture, your information in there. So an edge and Office and everything, right? So 
profile picture and all the other things as well, such as your name. What, what is your name? If you change your name, sometimes that, that could be very sensitive, right? You might be divorced and those kind of things. You don't want to be reminded about your pre previous name. You need to ensure that that experience uh, is comfortable and, and also uh, consistent across every sort of uh, different kind of service that we have in all the existing services and all the new ones across from Windows to Office to SharePoint to Teams, etc. So that's one thing, sort of getting that experience across. But then we, we know we have some gaps there. We do have some gaps on how to edit the, the, this experience. So we, that's one area we're looking into. How can we make it easier for end users to update their uh, profile properties? But also, how can we make it easier for big organizations to sync with their uh, HCM system, human capital management systems, ERP systems, CRM systems, and those kind of things as well? So all of these are things we're working on. And as I said just before we started recording, next week is our big planning week. So that's when we're going to set one of these or, or most of these sort of uh, set the schedule for them. It's not something we uh, sort out before the summer. So this is a long term sort of commitment that we're doing, but we're ensuring that the, the experience is uh, seamless across all the different offerings that we have. So that's one thing. But the most sort of prominent thing that you will see is the, the persona card that you have today in in Outlook, Outlook on the web specifically, and in, in other areas. That's where you will see, and that experience should be the same across all experiences. Yep. You will see that bubble up, uh, rolling out over the next few months in all the different existing experiences. So that's the first thing you will see. Uh, so two, two, two things that I wanted to ask. A short one regarding the card. Hmm? Will there will there be also a people card thing ISVs and SIs can use in their apps that looks identical, identical, basically the same thing as we have in our own apps at Microsoft? I, I wish, uh, I would say long term, yes, that's sort of the going to the North Star, the that's where we yeah. want to go. <laughs> uh, however, it's fairly complicated. We just re-engineered those kind of things to uh, first and foremost focus on the first party experiences that we want to bring in there. So, uh, so you, you have that you already have the LinkedIn integration, but there are other first party experience we want to bring in there first. Then we need to sort of think of how would we create an extensibility model around that. I can't promise anything. I don't have any dates or timelines or anything. But yes, I think we we all want to do that, have that opportunity. So if you're building your custom app, you have a using Microsoft Graph toolkit, for instance, just bringing that card in. But but yeah, it's not that simple, unfortunately, right now. To do that, uh, since yeah, it seems it shows a lot of information around the user. So, just having that one on uh, in a single uh, page application would like require 15, 20 different uh, graph permissions to just get. Yeah. So, there's a lot of moving parts to to get that to work. But yeah. I hundred percent agree. That's where I want to go. And to yeah. be fair, Macraft Toolkit is in a relatively good shape related on that card, so it looks yeah. quite okay. It, it's it's not precisely one to one what is the first part experience, mm. but still, if yeah. you use that, you will get uh, absolutely right. yes. It shows the basic information around around you as a user, but it doesn't have that extended information. As I said, that's rolling out right now, and the, I think the best uh, right now is going to the uh, Outlook on the web, and hopefully you have that flighted to your tenants. You can see that the new updated experience there. It's looked fairly similar, but it's more more information in there. And we have done some a couple of third party sort of uh, configuration for that. You can add a custom the the Azure AD custom attributes to that card. So if you do have a sync with your, for instance, you have a division or a 
uh, I don't know, uh, floor level and those kind of things within your Azure AD, you can show that on the, the LPC card now. And then another thing that I want to ask, if we take a step, step back, like what 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 role do you see for people within the people's um, system in 365? Is it only the storage aspect of it? So like your uh, properties, picture, and so forth and so on. Or will, do you also see um, kind of angle of intelligence, like everything that we do, signals that we store and exposing that? Because like we see some of the ins insights around Viva coming to us, but do you see a bigger vision around that, like ex exposing that? Yeah, it's a really cool question. So first of all, the, the profile, yes, it's a storage, uh, first and foremost, so we get all the compliance and all those kind of things, right? In that storage that, uh, that's connected to you as a user. The second thing is having proper APIs. We do have APIs in the graph beta endpoint right now, which are fairly uh, advanced, actually. We're looking into to ensuring that we can get them to V1 and uh, make sure that of that. So that's one of our primary goals right now and something we get big, uh, a lot of requests on. Uh, so, so, so third parties can start using them. But one, one of the things when I started in the FAST team, so the, the MPS uh, comes out of the old FAST acquisition, not old, but the FAST acquisition, which started with search and started moving on uh, working with uh, people's uh, experiences such as Dell. Uh, one of the things that really, if someone is banging in the background, if you can hear that, that we have some, they're changing our uh, roof here today. So <laughs> good, then teams filtering that away. So that's perfect. Uh, cool. Uh, yes, what I'm going to say is that one of the things that really, really excited me starting working with this team is the, the folks that work with the search engine uh, and, and they know algorithms, machine learning, AI, and all those kind of things. They know I'm working with people services. So, and, and I'm, I'm just astonished when listening into some of those calls when they talk about the vector space in the graph and all those kind of things and how they can figure out certain things, how, uh, how you work and who you work with and what you potentially will work with and, and those kind of things. And yes, that is one super important aspect of the people services, bringing the insights to you. Uh, first, uh, first and foremost, yes, for, for uh, Microsoft, the first parties, that is our internal partners such as Viva Insights and others. But also we're looking into see how we can bring this to third parties as well, so they can take advantage of the same data uh, as, as first party have. So that, that really is, good. as I said, yeah. That enables the ecosystem building businesses and services and advanced opportunities on top of that, which is really, really cool. So yeah, and that, and that's like the classic office craft discussion, which we had a while back, but that didn't really happen, but it was yeah, close. Exactly. But and, and <laughs> I would say that the office craft is there, but, but it's not yeah. really out there yet. And, and yeah. it has both sort of technical uh, um, implication or uh, reasons, but also sort of legal reasons. What can we share and what can't we open yes. up, etc. because it's very personal and sensitive data. And I've been on customer calls the last few weeks with uh, with very large customers that still have the the, the Delb functionality turned off because yep. they, they're scared about yeah. that, but also yeah. because they went into uh, Office 365 a couple of years ago and turned that off, but haven't realized the difference if they actually turn that on. Yeah, because they yeah, yeah we yeah. took that decision a couple of years ago. We stand by it, but now actually some features that they want to have uh, doesn't really work because they have right. turned that that uh, those insights off, which yeah. is some uh, 
I think we're also looking into how, how we can sort of make that easier for an admin to understand the implications of turning these uh, advanced features on, uh, but also for end users to both opt in and out and, and have an understanding what are we doing with your data. And, yeah. and we want yeah. to be super transparent. This is all we know about you. Yeah. Uh, and this is what we do with that data. And this is uh, who have access to that. So that's also another topic that I'm looking into, how, just understanding you have your user profile, your properties, yes, but what are we doing with it? Yeah, yeah. And, so, and being a being a US-based company uh, serving services outside of the US has a certain legislational things and all of that stuff. And I, the, the, the Delve is a really good example because then there's companies, large companies, who are like, yeah, we want to use Delve, but not this mm. person in this country because this mm. country wants to isolate. And it's like, yeah, but mm. we don't have that level of a granularity on mm. disabling things because then it impacts. Yeah, but you should have, which is mm. true. So having a how would I put it? Having a, this sounds even maybe bad, having European based people who know this privacy and concern background uh, from a day one, considering and planning the next steps is really good thing. So it, it provides most likely more granularity on things. Um, so there, there are certain, let's say, cultural differences between US. US is, is more like, hey, everybody in the company leadership can have access on everything. But in, in Europe, that's not true. That's just, isn't true because company doesn't own the persona and then the information of the person so and, and i'm not going to go into any legal uh, details because <laughs> that's not my job but yes we have super smart folks working on those kind of things yeah. and understanding so ensuring that if we build something and if we use your data it's done in a compliant way exactly with eu responsible way yeah. 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 yeah 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 that's yeah, super exactly. important Exactly. It's it's interesting where we're heading, kind of a sidetrack, but it's now that we're spinning up individual data centers in the individual countries, and then we start guaranteeing that the data does not leave that country, mm. which is pretty mind-blowing. And then taking that into account in the engineering plans and everything else means that there's actually quite a lot of things to consider, right? Yeah, so, but I mean, like, at the end of the day, it's going to be everything from telemetry to your AED profile to your... Yeah. It's, and it's an interesting thing, because on, on one hand, as a customer, you want to be isolated from a uh, disaster. Yep. It's like data center go, goes down here, you want to be able to work. Mm. Yep. But then there's the flip, flip, flip side that, well, that means that the data has to be synced somewhere else. Yep. And where is that other place so that you're still within the, you know, the legal boundaries. So it's a really complex space. And it's, at the end of the day, a trade-off. Like, yeah. like, where do you want to go? Because if you want to be in a single place, guaranteed, well, that means that in case of something go, goes wrong, you're hit and you're out. Yeah. Right. So it isn't it isn't as as simple as that. Yeah, it's interesting when I think about it. Just again, historical dinosaur uh, moment hits again because I know Victor, you've been really good on this in your background as well. Uh, thinking at some point we actually did plan and think and architect that disaster recovery models cross even data centers. And nowadays, just all of that is gone. We don't need to worry about it. There's a, of course, there's a small well, there group of people. There is somebody who worries about there's it. somebody <laughs> who worries about it, but it, it's not on, on the level as it used to be back in at some point, because you've been going through the certification programs and everything else, and that mm. was something which we needed to understand. How do we do this properly uh, mm. in this large global scale? Right? It, it's yeah. it's mind blowing how the technology has evolved, and now we can focus on a bit more abstract level of planning. So absolutely, and and as I said, that's what we're also trying to do with the the, the user profile, essentially abstract all that kind of things away from both. 
first party and third party potentially. So they can we can store this these things. Uh, I just call them things for now. Uh, with the user, and it will stay with the user. It will stay in their data center and all those kind of things. So, uh, and when the user is leaving the organization, it's actually being removed and all those kind yeah. of things. But there's there's things with GDPR, for instance, that you the rights to be forgotten and those kind of things that we need to sort of respect there. And that's why I think we we hopefully we can help both the first and third parties make this experience uh, more seamless. Yeah. As we clo close in on time, any last words to our listeners? Any feedback you're looking for? Any anything on your mind that you'd like to share or get input on or just have people? Well, we didn't sit touch some of the open source stuff what Victor is doing, but well, anyway. So. Yeah, we could spend we could sit here for another day. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, I don't really have. But if there's anything you have questions about the 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 everything about the profile the around the user and the relationships etc just hit me up on twitter with ideas and, and feedback etc and i'll make sure that it gets sort of channeled into the right uh, group or team within our organization or our partner organizations so take a look at that and you found me on, on twitter and, and you probably put that in the show notes and yeah. those kind of things yeah, yeah. Um, but that, that's probably the best way uh, hopefully uh, without promising anything we we will sort of have couple of big moments uh, in the next 12 to 18 months ahead around this uh, and but I can assure you we are working really hard on making sure that it's one experience across M365 MSA for end users and ensure that yeah your 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 you as a user are put into focus essentially here and and we we make sure that your data is secure safe and and treated in in, in a responsible way and, and related on that statement, I guess it's safe to also say that whatever people are using right now or planning to use right now, they, there will be a path forward. So yeah. we're not going to shut down any no. of the existing things all of a sudden and all of that. So No, no, we're not going to do that. The only thing I, I, I would say is, yes, the, the profile APIs for third parties, in, it's in the graph beta endpoint. And as you know, beta will or might change uh, before we put it to V1. So absolutely. Uh, but we ju just recently had the MVP summit, got some good feedback there from folks. I said I, I had a couple of cu customer conversations. So we have really good input right now and good stuff to work with. And we are right now in the planning for the next few uh, semesters and see how we can uh, yeah, make the profile the hero experience of M365. Finally, we're getting there. <laughs> We've been touching that for quite a few years, but but now there's a. It's good to say that there's commitment and there's a team. There's a, a people we know who have sufficient amount of understanding how the world works. Thank you, Victor, for being that person as well. And there's a lot of smart other people in the team oh, as yes. well. So. Oh, yes. So, but it's good to have a diverse group of people thinking this through with a different background. So it's 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 going to then fulfill the requirements or one step at a time again. So. Mm. It's, it probably will not be the most mind-blowing thing immediately when it's going to be released, but but again, one step at a time. Heading you to never the know. Direction. How would you it know? They're be. planning I'll... next week. <laughs> Are they really? <laughs> <laughs> now, before we close, anything interesting what's happening on your side, Victor, what you're going to talk about this week? What are you doing? Um, so let's do a quick round That's of it. a... This week is all about writing specifications and uh, to prepare for next week. So yep. a couple of things I mentioned here without going into details, something we actually specking out right now. And, and uh, it's a very interesting, this is new for me, how, how to write these specs, how to yep. get feedback on them. And uh, it's an 
I would say, very honest and frank conversation we're having about certain things, trying to make sure that we uh, bring in all of the part internal partners and ensure that they can do feedback on the things we want to do. But next week we have our big planning week where we sit down uh, and have workshops and sessions and all around this so we can plan for the next couple of years ahead, essentially. Yep. Yep. So it's Anything all... All word yeah. this week, just typing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, <laughs> which is actually fun for it. Every now and then, when I have the time, really to focus and, at least in my case, put the headphones on, close to the rest of yeah. the world, close everything, and then just focus on writing stuff. It's it's actually yeah. really really awesome. So absolutely. Anything interesting while they're on your side? Uh, I was just I need to call this out. Um, I, I've been listening to this as well because we were just yeah so. That's actually a really good book, by the way. It is. So. It is. It is an interesting book, right? So uh, TLDR, I finished re reading a book named Grit, which is all about how do you choose something meaningful for yourself to do, like a bigger goal, like umbrella goal, and then stick with it for a number of years, as opposed to switch every three months between something and then not really making a meaningful impact anywhere, right? So it's a really interesting book that explains um, has psychology of how we think about our effort, how we think in terms of uh, sticking with our goals, choosing goals, and so forth and so on. And also it has a number of tips how you can go about it, including something that is interesting to me being a parent. How do you uh, equip your kids with that? Like, how do you teach them that? Well, especially now, you know, in nowadays, when you want to watch a movie, Netflix or some other thing on, and it's there, you want a book, you go to... Kindle and you have a book in so, so there's like there's this instant uh, gratification you get whereas in the past well you had to wait a week two weeks sometimes maybe even a month because things weren't available so with all of that in mind how do you equip kids nowadays to have the same kind of spirit uh, to be able to wait for things stick with it and not give up on the first time that they fail so it's a really interesting thing that spans really from personal life to workplace. So it was it was really interesting read that I re uh, recommend to everybody, whether you a person doing your job, like you are a dev or doing something else, or you have a team that you kind of want to have the same kind of equipped with the same kind of uh, grit. <laughs> um, other than that, um, I'm wrapping up a few internal things. So like we'll, we will be releasing things of, over the coming weeks. And one of them is beginning of May, we'll have a virtual event, which is a two hour event with a few of our MVPs showing how you can tie together different services across M365 into an app that you could build for a customer. And that is all around going back to workplace as companies open up offices again, and we kind of get back to normal, depending where in the world you are, uh, you might have, depending <laughs> where in the world you are, and depending what, and all the other depends, and so forth and so on, like you might have a requirement around uh, reserving a seat, like, like booking a seat, right? So we show you how you can use the different building blocks that you have available in Microsoft 365 to build an app that supports that for different roles. So that would be a really cool thing. It's just a two hour or less event. So a little investment uh, from the time point of view on everybody's part and a huge chance to learn new things and get inspired about what you could do on Microsoft 365. 
Um, Other than that, just, you know, the usual rhythm of CLI work and business community entity engagement. And some build preparations as well, because you've been helping on that one. Yes, yes. The build is interesting. So the build is happening in the the, 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 the later part of May. Yeah, the 21st, 23rd, whatever. Uh, I can't remember the dates, Uh, but but then we are already recording the on-demand sessions. Um, So that's that's taking some time on prepping them. But um, this time, actually, for those who are who are listening this before the build, uh, the build will have on-demand sessions, but they're targeted to be like 20 minutes, which is actually quite good. So it's not going to be bubbling, bubbling too much. It's going to be these are the latest interesting stuff. Go and have a look. Uh, more details um, outside like the horizon. Really, yeah. Twenty minutes, uh, sort of fast sessions, and uh, get to the point, uh, and uh, exactly. just and also specifically when it's on demand, right? You can go in there. I just want what these kind of twenty minutes, and, yes. and I'd rather for on demand. I'd rather have more twenty minute sessions than than larger ones. But yep. vice versa, if we're uh, <laughs> for for reels, right? But it is an interesting point, right? Because the other day I went through videos that I wanted to, the recordings from sessions from the MVP um, summit, and I watched, I think, all of them with 1.2 speed, 1.5 speed. I cannot imagine being at an in-person event, sitting in the audience for just listening at one speed to somebody. I know there are folks who go really fast. It's like, yeah, that's good. But more than often, it's like, Yes, just yes, get to the point. But it, yes, an experience. <laughs> it's an experience. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But I think like over the, the conference last experience, years, you're I a bit hungover and all those kind of things, right? So it has to go slower. <laughs> oh yeah, but but it's exactly that. I think over the last two years or so, I developed impatience, a lot of impatience. Like yes, just rep- yes to the point. It's like. We're coming back on the crit book, you just get everything <laughs> immediately. Well, but it's exactly so. that because because like. But but it's weird because I don't need to be anywhere. I have more time than I used to have in the past because you know we like we had to travel, commute. You would waste an hour, hour and a half every day just being in a car, and now you're not. So you have more time available, but at the same time, it's like like you can go at your own pace, and yeah. that is kind of you know the flip side of the of the coin, where it's like you're in control of everything really. And then you can catch up on recordings and you get used to getting things on your own terms. And then you don't because you are in a, in, in a meeting which is live and you're like tuning out because it's just going too slow. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how do we handle the in-person setups whenever we get back to that because again uh, it's super super valuable in in person when you have group of people in a room and then you're having interactive sessions and those are super super cool when there's a active group of people in the room then then you can actually talk and, and present but going back on this here's a powerpoint here's a bullet point here's the thing uh god imagine uh, <laughs> <laughs> imagine a world <laughs> One man, one <laughs> desire. Doubled action. Anyway, so <laughs> on that bombshell. <laughs> well, I guess uh, it's time to close up for the tape. Uh, so thank you, Victor, uh, for joining us. Really cool, um, and congratulations on the new move. It's great to have you a bit closer to the engineering. It's a bit of a different world for sure, uh, and it takes a while to adjust on there. But you had this like eighty months, eight months 
getting kind of used to working not with customers in the strategic <laughs> side and now heading to the engineering side. Um, sooner or later, you'll, you will start for sure missing also meeting actually and doing a real world customer case. But it's, yeah, yeah well, yeah, it's different. There's always a, a this, this positives and negatives in all of those things. Uh, and, and this just isn't a role where you would have all of that in, in day, every day available because running out of time. So, but anyway, thank you. thank you, Victor. Thank you, and thank you for joining. Thank you, Waldek. And we'll be heading to the weekly articles right after this. So, thanks, Victor. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye bye. And here we go. So, thank you, Victor, one more time. And uh, really, really good to catch up as well. Well, we're in touch all the time anyway. But <laughs> it it's good to have a discussion on on what's happening on the on the work side as well. And and I know that there will be really really cool announcements uh, in the in the pipeline related on this stuff. So really, really excited. Um, being a, let's say, an old school, old school, I guess it's fair to say, having a, being around for a while, uh, knowing that the user profile, for example, in SharePoint uh, is still super, super, super widely used, it's good that we are finally getting investments on a, a bit of a new and modernized experiences. So um, we've been having the user profile Graph APIs and, and user profile in Graph for quite a long time, but it has been kind of a stalled for a while. But now it's good to see that there's again a, a additional set of focus and investments on those areas. Right, Valdek? It is, and it is very interesting. Like the most interesting thing that I that I see is that I really love the idea that we benefit. We're try to benefit more and more and more from the fact that that at Microsoft we're running a service and not a product. So there are yes. Like especially with uh, people aspect, it's such a central thing because you have people everywhere across all 365 in SharePoint, in in To Do, in Outlook, in Teams, everywhere. It's all around people. Like and the central piece to it is hope, profile, right? So you have a task assigned to one or more person. Who are they? Right. So being able to look up their 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 info but then from there imagine that as we uh talked about like you can take the leap to towards intelligence who are who are these folks what do they work on who do they work with and so forth and so on yep. and it all starts with a person that that is attached to something else a task a file a project a group a team whatever right so it's it's yep. a really interesting thing and to see how that spans across differences services that we we offer and offers consistent experience across the board that is really key right because it's yeah. such a central thing yeah absolutely absolutely and, and it's good that we are really 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 focusing on this area right now and adding uh, our and are hopefully getting rid of the old legacy ways of doing things because again even though they worked and they've been proven um at certain time frame it's good to evolve and and do the next step of innovation on top of it so um referring this case in the user profile services in sharepoint online which has been such a fundamental piece even in on-premises and then in the on uh, sharepoint online uh for developers to take advantage and to extend the user profile. But then the problem of that one has always been that it's only for SharePoint um, and it's not on not for Well, and then you also probably outside. had another one in Exchange for Exchange exactly. things exactly. and you had exactly. Dynamics one in Dynamics and other things like Power Platform wasn't even on premises, Teams yep. too, yep. right? So yep. now that we go all to the cloud and all these 
things, all all these uh, products blur in a way, people expect the, to be able to see the same info yep. across the board because yep. it's it's the Microsoft Cloud. So yep. I don't care if I am in Azure Dynamics, SharePoint in Teams, in my my, Studio, my whatever. Yeah, it's the yeah. same thing, and yep. I would expect to see the same info. Yep, and there is more to it than meets the eye because Absolutely. on the outside it's just a picture and name. like how hard can it be well <laughs> let me tell you a story <laughs> yes indeed and indeed and and as we were having at this chat it was actually interesting to see also i was checking my my few screens and i can see my picture in quite a few different products and quite a few different things it's, it's like you said uh, sorry they are in sync actually okay. they are in sync which is good um but then at the same time, thinking the fact that yes, I'm already signed into all of these products using the Azure AD, so I'm actually being known by that person. So why can't we use the same identity across all of these different services? And the answer Let is absolutely we can. <laughs> but <laughs> it requires some level of a work because it's not a, um, it, it's not like you can just adjust and um, from a centralized location all of the products at some point you'll hopefully come off with a reusable controls which all of the first party products are using, but you need to get there and yes. after the decision that you're investing there, and then you need to have that partnership and the products who will be consuming the profile, accepting that, okay, we'll be investing here as well for adding the centralized controls. It, it's an interesting- And it's controls and it's UI permission performance. Yeah. It's everything, ensuring that the data they need is there. That is like, it's, it's a lot. Right. Yeah, it's, it is it's a lot. A lot. Yeah, it's not a simple thing. Now let's actually jump on this week's articles. Uh, so we have quite a few articles from Microsoft and then also from the community. So let me share my screen. Sound effect. Yes. Screen sharing. Yes. Now let's start with a, a uh, blog post from uh, Chris McNulty. Um, he is a director in the marketing side of the house, uh, responsible of the, a lot of this content management services marketing. And one of the great news announcements in here is that the Viva Topics integrations are now arriving to Teams, Index, Outlooks, and Yammer. Uh, so you'll have the same unified experience kind of relates on the previous discussion same unified experience uh, of having that syntax uh, viva topics information then exposed inside of the teams inside of the outlook and so on so unified centralized service surfacing information as if you start using the viva topics and uh, you can actually access that information which is really really great so awesome 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 we're heading to this one centralized uh, direction as well maximilian is also sort of, super happy on that now, the next <laughs> article was a interesting podcast. So they had a recently a new podcast. Yes, Luke. so new update from Mark. Uh, Loop, there it is. And it's interview with Greg Howard, who is PM on the Loop team. And they talked about Loop components, what they are, how they fit, where they fit in the workflow and so forth and so on. So really interesting episode around the one of the latest um, innovations on Microsoft 365 around collaboration. So definitely check it out. Yep, really, really cool stuff. Then we had a new top 10 uh, list from March related on SharePoint Framework Solutions from the SharePoint Store or from the App Source. Um, so what are the top 10 uh, most widely used solutions? We do not go to exact number details in here, but we do want to call out and celebrate the partners who are in the store and they're 
they're offering their services through the store store UX as well. So, and it's cool to see some new partners here as well, which is great. And so there's some level of changes in things. Now, with all due fairness, Itchigraph seems to be the top one now for like fifth times in a row already, something like that. So they're doing really good, really really good on uh, on store and their services and application is not only for SharePoint, it's actually for Microsoft Teams as well. It's really, really cool experience. Now, then we had this one. So talking about exactly. upcoming events. So as we close down on May the 5th, where two of us, together with five of our, our, our MVPs, are going to um, deliver a two-hour event that's going, that's all about showing how can you tie multiple services across Microsoft 365 into a solution that you could build for your workplace or your customers, right? So if you are a customer, this is a great way, great time for you to see how could you do more with Microsoft 365. If yep. you are an SI ISV, this is a great way to get inspired what types of apps you could build. If you are a developer, you will see code. So you will hear from SMEs, who are experienced, who build these apps for a lot, for life and living, right? How you can build these apps? What are the different things available to you? APIs, toolchain, toolkits, SDKs, and whatnot. You will be, you you will see all of that in practice. So with just a two-hour time investment on your side, it's a great uh, chance for you to get immersed into what's possible, how you can do it, how to get started and so forth and so on. So with that, I would highly recommend you to register and bring your questions and anything you would like to ask on May 5th and we see you there. Yep, really, really cool. Looking forward on this one and solution looks really, really awesome. Um, it's it's a great demo across the different functionalities and, and capabilities. Now, then there's another event coming up on the, da, 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 when is the date? When is the date? The May 9th to 13th. And this is actually in-person uh, events happening in Seattle. Uh, so there's a 365 Educon and BWR Educon as well. So Power Platform Conference. So the two conferences is calling out separately, but happening at the same time. Um, and that's something you probably want to check out if you are in area and looking into going to the in-person conferences as well. So really, really cool. Jeff Deeper is going to have the keynote in here, and there's going to be a lot of, lot of other uh, great, great, great presenters covering different uh, capabilities. And also on the BWR side, Charles Lamana uh, is talking there as well. So really, really cool. That's the secondary keynote. Now, we also had this one. So we wanted to explicitly call out from the last week's platform call. Exactly. Last week, um, together with uh, uh, Noob, um, I showed um, demo that we have built that we have originally showed last year at Ignite and which is now available to you as sample that you can run in your own tenant. So again, one thing that we hear a lot is that you need inspiring samples, demos that you can use, that you can share with customers and colleagues to inspire them, to show them what kind of apps you could build on Microsoft 365. This is the sample that is now available to you to run in your own environment, tailored to your needs, available with all the code and so forth and so on, ready for you to use. So check out the video. You will learn how it works, how it's built, what it's uh, um, um, do, doing, and you will also see the link to uh, repo with the code. Absolutely. So um, in here, we can actually find the, the 
demo summary and in here we can actually uh, open up the the repo where we have the sample and we even have the SPBKG file available so you can just easily take it into a use and test it out and, and see how, how things are working. So and with instructions all of that available as well. So really, really cool stuff. Now, we also had a new blog post uh, from Adam Wojcik uh, about save data to app personal folder. folder. What is an app personal folder? Well, as part of the, the craft and the OneDrive, we are offering you an option to store uh, personalized data on the application level to a user's OneDrive. So wherever the application is being used, as the user is authenticated, um, they can actually save a status information, caching information, and so on directly to the OneDrive uh, application folder. And there's a Microsoft Graph API uh, behind of the scenes for that. So of course, you don't need to even know that it's a OneDrive where it's being stored, but you can actually find those folders uh, from the personal OneDrive if you're interested. But, but again, it's more on hitting the API, storing information, and then consuming the information as needed. Really, really cool stuff. Thank you, Adam, on that. Then we had a blog post from Luisa Fries. Yes, how to use All My Posh with PNP PowerShell. So All My Posh allows you to um, customize terminal in which you use uh, PowerShell. Um, allows you to show additional info about like how long a command has been running for, which version of nodes do you run, and anything else you might want to see immediately in 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 command prompt. And, and in this case, she shows how you can integrate some of the info from PNP PowerShell, things like tenant name and your path of the current the context site directly within the, the command prompt. So if you if you use PNP PowerShell and you want to have a richer experience working with that, check out the article and follow the exact steps. Really, really cool stuff there. Thank you, Luisa, on that one. And then we had another blog post from Luisa uh, Fries, uh, how to query Azure Monitor Log Analytics in Logic Apps with Managed Identity. How is this anything related to Microsoft 365? Well, Logic Amp is, is actually the engine behind of the Power Automate. So there's a, always an option to kind of go to the Logic App as well, and it relates on that model. So in this case, Louis is, is walking through the, the model on, okay, so we have a bit more advanced scenario. So we want to go to the actual Logic Apps rather than using the Power Automate, and then we're going to do automation on there uh, to make things happen. So really, really cool uh, story on that. Yeah. Then we had a new M365 Dev podcast. Exactly. So last week, Jeremy Thake and Paul Schaeflein met with Andrew O'Connell, and they talked about SPFX. So if you're interested in, on the to topic, current state, how it evolved, what um, AC thinks of the current state, definitely check it out. It's a very, very great, very, very, very interesting episode. Yes, and then uh, we had a blog post from Power, Power App, so introducing the new Power Automate panel, pain, not panel, pain in Power Apps. So you can basically do associations uh, of Power Automate directly in Power Apps, which is great. Um, you can actually tie in then Power Apps and Power Automate things together, which is which is really 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 cool. So awesome stuff there. Good to see that the Power Platform is evolving this fast, which is super great. Then we had a new blog post from Dot Clint in a awesome yes. WSS style. So yes, he's probably the last person on earth using WSS, which is Windows SharePoint Services, for his <laughs> blog. 
nevertheless, the content is really interesting. And in this time, um, it's about how you can call Microsoft Gra Graph with PNP PowerShell. So Graph comes with, with its own PowerShell SDK. But in case you would use PNP PowerShell, there are also abilities to call Graph. And Todd goes in depth into how you would go about it, what you need to take into account, and so forth and so on. So really interesting article. And then uh, Laura, Laura Rogers had a new blog post related on Power Apps containers for gallery columns. Uh, so basically walking through what those are and how you can actually make them um, in a visual way so that you can easily adapt uh, the model and come up with a nice looking UX uh, in the Power App side. So really, really cool and a detailed blog post for sure. In the recording 365, there was a interesting blog post as well. Yes, so we have a new article from Philip Vorel about how will or will Microsoft Loop improve adoption of Teams, right? And the idea is like, um, if you don't know what loops are, you probably know co-authoring from uh, apps like Word, Excel, and PowerPoint, where multiple folks can be in a document at the same time and co-edit it. Well, loop is kind of the same way, the same thing, but you're not working on a file. You're working more like on a paragraph or a few paragraphs of text or a table or a list of tasks. And the cool thing is, is that they are always kept up to date and you can see them directly in browser. You can also embed the same list in Outlook in an email or see it in Teams. And it's kept up to date real time. So as I'm editing something in Teams, you will see exactly the same thing being updated live in Outlook. So it's a really interesting paradigm for collaboration and how we work to, together or co-create um, distinct chunks of IP. Right, like we create a, either a list of tasks again, paragraph of text, and it's it's a really interesting th uh, way. Like it's a in, uh, intriguing thing, but before you form an opinion on it, I would encourage you actually to give it a try, because like for a long time I, I kind of knew what it was. Like, well, do I really want to use it? And then the other day I actually did. I worked together with somebody to co-create a paragraph of text, like promotion text. So not something that, you know, we will need versioning or fully fledged review that you would have in Word, but just a, a, a fragment of text that we could use. And it was really interesting experience. So if you're in the same boat, you're kind of on the fence, whether it's something for you or not, give it a try. It's really interesting. Yeah, and, and Philip also has a good perspective here related on chat messages versus channel messages. So yes, again, because I, I fall in this category as well, more and more I keep on using chats rather than channel messages because there's too many channels and then there's the channel overflow. And anyway, it, it's, it's, it's an but interesting. In, you cannot, yeah, I cannot find chats. So I'm, <laughs> I try to avoid them like play or yeah. edit. Yes, <laughs> matter of opinion for sure. And then yeah. uh, two two videos. So Paolo had a new plug, uh, sorry, new video related on adaptive card host component in SPFX solutions, and this is something which is part of the PMP reusable React controls uh, contributed by uh, Fabio Francini. Uh, so thank you for that. Really, really cool control on on using adaptive cards directly in the SPFX uh, solutions in Viva. Well, not in Viva because we will have its own UX level, but in Teams and in SharePoint. So, and then we had a video from April related on yes. 
contributions. And it's about community dogs, right? So is the is the dogs that community behind Microsoft 365 co-creates to basically offer some of the real live guidance from the field about topics, about different things from content management to information architecture, really anything and everything related to M365, right? So yep. it's a very interesting area where if you have any experience, if you have, have an opinion, if you have experience that, that you would like to share with others, this is a great place because we can co-create this guidance to help benefit for everybody. Yep, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's nothing really nothing more than clicking the edit button and then start it modifying. And it's it's and we do have our sharing is caring first time contributor sessions uh, through our Microsoft 365 platform community where you can learn how to get started if you don't feel comfortable of contributing. But it's actually surprisingly easy. So really, really cool. Thank you, April, on that. So let me click that one and stop sharing. We already went through what's going to happen this week. With Wildek yes. and uh, with Wildek, with Wildek, with one. I didn't actually tell anybody anything what I'm going to do this week, but you know, doesn't matter. What are um, you going to do this week? This, <laughs> this is your last chance. We have one minute left. Yeah, no, <laughs> uh, it's it's fine. So uh, 1.15. Finally, the next preview is going to come out later today, which is good. So um, I, I will need to write a tutorial for it and today because we're again in the shortest short time frame. Uh, so it's it's one of those things. Okay, we need to get this one new version out. Well, we need to have a tutorial and yes we do have vendors but then getting the vendor in place to write the tutorial on right time ah, it's hard so but should be fine it's any it's not a any any key points what will be available well, in, in this that preview? preview will be the list extensibility so the listed uh, extensibility will be now finally available then uh, we've been saying that we are releasing this preview now for quite a few weeks but you know Pushing it's forward, pushing forward. It's, it's, it is yeah. coming. It is and then coming. getting ready for build because we need to get the build videos recorded as well. Yes. So that's happening as well. But anyway, thanks everybody for watching. Uh, we'll be back with the new PMP Weekly within a week. Surprise, surprise. Later. See ya. Cheers. Bye bye.